listening to the latest edition of ATR Radio. It's September 22nd, 2015. I'm Nick Devlin. Today we listened to a conversation I had with NBC Olympics executive producer Jim Bell. We touched on a number of topics regarding the network's preparations for next year's Rio Olympics, from the reintroduction of golf to the program to expanded coverage for the Paralympics. First, however, I asked him what his day-to-day tasks are with Rio 2016 just under a year away and how those tasks will change as the games draw nearer. Well, I think at this point, uh, now that we get to a year out, um, the programming takes center stage as we start to map out the thousands of hours of coverage in a more detailed way across the platforms, um, starting with the network and then across the cable channels and, of course, all, all our digital programming. And in addition to, to that task, and that gets sort of, chopped up across the spectrum, then there are also athlete stories that are beginning to come into picture a little bit clearer, and uh, they may, the the athletes we are looking at for profiles are starting to come into focus, so we're looking to book shoots, we're looking to get our production plans, who's producing, who's going to be the director, who's going to be the cameraman, we're putting our uh, finishing touches on design plans for our sets. We are thinking about who's going to be the analyst at archery. We're trying to put together the technical and engineering and operational plans. We're integrating and constantly liaising with our friends at OBS and Rio 2016. We're getting uh, plenty of trips to Rio. I'll be going down there again next week for some meetings. So it, it, it takes on, everything just takes on a little bit more of a sharper focus, um, particularly as the calendar moves forward and we start to look at some real performances and we start to look at commercial routines and and all the details that will only get more uh, fast and furious as we get closer uh, in some 300 plus days. And what's that like when you go to Rio? You're you're obviously not uh, you're looking at things with a uh, a different eye than 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 a tourist. You're looking for um, you know where where you're going to uh, those production crews are going to be based, where cameras are going to be set up. Is it is it things like that? I imagine. That's a big part of it. Um, we have done several surveys with our ven- some of our venue production teams. Uh, we have a few more to go. Um, I think uh, a huge uh, point of emphasis for us is also the opening ceremony and starting to wrap our arms around that night, which has really become one of the defining nights of, of television uh, in the entire year um, and, 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 of course, at the Olympics. So, yeah, all, all those kinds of things, uh, cameras and transportation plans and credential plans and hotel plans and, and production plans, it's sort of a, uh, a team effort, and um, it's great to have had both the collective experience and knowledge of people here who have done so many Olympics, coupled with the kind of entrepreneurial spree de corps that if something else comes along or there's something new to try, people here are generally willing to try it. And I think that, that's what we love. That's one of the reasons why we love working on the Olympics. And just in looking at the at the venues, have, have there? Uh, of course, we know that they've got uh, archery at the Samba Drome. We're going to have some beach volleyball on the beach. I mean, there there are quite a few venues that uh, are going to are, are going to give uh, TV viewers, you know, something to really. It gives you a lot of material to work with, I guess, as a as a TV production. 
Yeah, no question. I think Rio is uh, arguably the most physically beautiful city that we've had in our considerable Olympic run to host an Olympics. Um, I've got a soft spot for Barcelona, but um, I, I think Rio, uh, just in terms of the physical uh, spectacle of this mashup of jungle and forest and beach and mountain, um, just takes it to a whole different level. I think it's exciting to have the first Olympics in South America. I think it's exciting to have the Olympics in our hemisphere in a um, television-friendly time zone for us. And uh, clearly, as a uh, TV person, the uh, emphasis on the visual, uh, it's wonderful to see how they've been able to integrate, as you mentioned, some of those great things that they have, whether it's Copacabana Beach or the Sambadrome, into their Olympic plan. Are there any other venues that you've, that you've been to and seen that have, that have really jumped out to you? Um, that's a good question. I, I would probably say one thing that's jumped out in recent visits has been the progress at Olympic Park uh, and the uh, buildup at uh, the Baja, in the Baja Olympic Park area, including... Um, though it's not technically in the park, but the golf course, which is nearby, which is uh, really quite beautiful. And, again, taking advantage of the natural scenery, uh, being able to see the water and the mountains and the forest. So, um, yeah, I guess golf in the Olympic Park would be, too, that kind of stand out. And it's great to see the progress being made at the Olympic Park where so many key events will be taking place. Well, let's talk about golf a little bit, because you've got, uh, w with the Golf Channel, I know major plans to, uh, there, there's going to be some wall-to-wall uh, -wall coverage, and um, I know that's got to be uh, very exciting to be able to bring golf, uh, as it returns to the Olympics for the first time in, in 104 years, I think? Yeah, I think, uh, is it 104? I want to get this right. I want to say 102. 12, but we can fact-check that, of course. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, rugby it's, it's rugby and, and golf are both in that same range. of it's, it's right around a century. Yeah, I think it was 1904, the last time golf was in the Olympics. But uh, historical trivia aside, uh, we're really uh, excited about it. And I think more uh, the, the golfers are really excited about it around the world, which is really cool. I think they appreciate that... Um, their brand is now, their sport is going to be part of this biggest sports stage on the planet. Uh, I think that, like a lot of things, there's been a little bit of drama around the uh, construction of the golf course, but uh, lo and behold, uh, it's all come together very nicely, and it's looking great. I was, I was periscoping there just a couple of months ago, and <laughs> while not uh, much of a golfer myself, it, it, it appeared uh, just about ready for for play, so uh, I, I know, it, and, and to have a, an entire channel dedicated to uh, a sport that so many people are so passionate about it, uh, are so passionate about it, is, is fantastic for us. And I think we feel very comfortable uh, telling the golf community that uh, we're going to have you covered <laughs> during Rio. You're going to have all your golf Olympic needs met uh, during those uh, two wonderful tournaments that they're going to be having having there how much more of a of a challenge do you think covering the golf would have been if you didn't already have the built-in you know infrastructure of being able to lean on the golf channel well i mean it would have maybe been a little bit more difficult um but uh, i think 
we've got a lot of cable channels and a lot of outlets and a lot of resources. And as we've had in the past, you know, it was when, when we finally got to a place where we were able to have this Olympic appetite for on cable starting really in Sydney in 2000, um, you know, a lot of that attention, a lot of that programming ended up going on channels that are traditionally news channels like MSNBC and CNBC and then subsequently channels like USA. So uh, I don't, it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question to ponder if we didn't have the Golf Channel, but thank goodness we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's uh, there are plans to carry, uh, I've been told anyway, the, the Paralympics, there's going to be live um, coverage along those lines as well. Is that something that is just a, an evolution of wanting to, to push that coverage forward? Yeah, I think there's going to, I think you'll see more of that as we go forward. There's a little bit more of that with Sochi. And, uh, you know, I think what we saw really in London where uh, there, there was some really wonderful storytelling and passion for the Paralympics in London that seemed to, I think, spark a lot of positive attention uh, around the Paralympic movement. And I think you saw some of that uh, payoff in Sochi where we dedicated more coverage. I, I absolutely think that's something we're going to be looking at moving forward. There's some opportunity there for sure. You touched earlier on uh, on the broadcasters, getting the broadcasters to figure out who's going to cover archery and, and, and things like that. How, can you talk about what, what a challenge that's like? Because I know you've got to be getting people who d- aren't necessarily, there aren't a lot of people who cover archery as a, as a, as a broadcast sport um, on a regular basis. And what, what is that process like from vetting and hiring talent and training and, and that kind of thing? That's, that's got to be uh, uh, one of the challenges more unique to the Olympics, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's nice to have a big sports group to lean on for a lot of things around the Olympics, like hosts or play-by-play people or sideline reporters. But when you get into some of the real uh, deep into the sports like archery or wrestling, you really need to have an authentic voice. And obviously those aren't sports that we have a ton of coverage of outside of the Olympics. So, um we're very lucky to have a hugely talented uh, coordinating producer, Becky Chapman, um, who is really tasked with going out and just slogging through tons of demo tapes and talking to agents and talking to the specific community of whatever the particular sport is and doing her darndest to bring uh, as many talented people to the fore as she can in whatever the particular sport is because obviously there's got to be not just knowledge and authenticity of a particular sport but the ability to communicate and um, as, as tidy as that might sound it, it, it's it's harder to find than you might think and she really does an excellent job at it. We've uh, talked a little bit in the office about uh, as as the conversation has come out of the IOC about the Olympic Channel and their efforts have moved forward. We've talked about just how much, what kind of involvement would would NBC have? What kind of, how supportive um, would they be of, of an Olympic Channel? As as you know, NBC is is kind of you know inextricably linked with the Olympics here and here in the United States, but with the IOC trying to do its own thing. What can you talk a little bit about what what uh, NBC's feelings? I mean, I I would imagine your feelings have to be that you know any exposure for the Olympics is good, but but uh, what kind of what kind of conversations have you had? What kind of what kind of support um, is is NBC going to uh, be providing there, if any? 
Well, I think uh, I'll probably defer to uh, Gary a little bit and, and, and the business folks and the other folks. We're, we're obviously, of course, very supportive of anything that's going to be uh, positive for the Olympics. Um, yes, as you point out, uh, inextricably uh, linked to, to the Olympics, and happily so, I would add, for a rather considerable period of time. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be able to get into much more detail beyond that and just keep it generic for the time being, and not that there's really much to say anyway, but I'm sure once there is, once there is we'll, we'll be happy to, to, to say it. It's just right now it's just more of a generic, sure, this is interesting to us, and we're all for anything that's going to raise the profile of, of the Olympics and the sports around the Olympics. And it's obviously a priority for President Bach. Definitely. And, and what's your process like as far as uh, right now, of course, this is, this is with less than, a go to Rio, less than a year to go to Rio. This is, this is hardcore Rio mode, but how much, how much are you thinking about Pyeongchang and, and Tokyo? And what, what's your process like as far as trying to balance the needs of, of, of the next Olympics? Because that, that, that Pyeongchang Olympics is going to come up pretty quickly after Rio. It does come up quickly. As we discussed earlier, the gap is tighter between the summer to winter as we we just uh, most recently experienced uh, between London and Sochi, and we definitely made ourselves, as much as London became a huge, huge priority and focus, um, we made ourselves get to Sochi a couple of times before London, and uh, we are getting over uh, to Pyeongchang again soon. I'll probably be going there in October um, because, again, as you point out, that time, you know, some people think, well, 18 months, that's a long time. It's not really. We, we have a lot of things to consider there, um, and we've been once, and it, would look, it looked great. Of course, it was early, so <laughs> there wasn't a lot to see yet. There are a lot of uh, sort of, oh, this is where this is going to happen, and, you know, try and if you can picture this uh, happening here. And, you know, as we saw with Sochi, um, I mean, I know people who went to Sochi uh, years out. I mean, there was virtually nothing there. And, uh, boy, it came together very nicely. So, um, I mean, I think Korea's, South Korea, Pyeongchang is further down the road uh, and, and making a lot of progress. But as we usually say at this point, a lot, still, still plenty of work to do. Sure. And uh, I can't let you go without asking. I meant to meant to ask earlier, but uh, the the International Broadcast Center in Rio has been the the one facility that uh, it's kind of the one that's as we were we were a little panicked about Rio facilities in the last year and a half or so, and about several facilities, and really that's all kind of quieted down. But it seems like the Broadcast Center is still the one that people have a, a few. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, um, uneasiness about. Uh, what are what are your feelings about the Broadcast Center? Just having seen it. Well, um, the recent World Broadcaster Meeting um, report was that it is uh, no longer uh, at risk. Uh, it's moving forward positively. I think that uh, any time you're going to do a project uh, on the scale of an Olympics where there is just so many different agendas uh, involved um, from government to the organizing committee to the federations to the IOC to the broadcasters and on and on the athletes I mean it, it, it would almost be miraculous uh, 
I dare say, impossible for there not to be at least a couple of uh, flags to be raised. And uh, the IVC, as you know, is, has been one. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good when the flag gets raised, I guess, because questions tend to get answered and, and historically problems get solved. And uh, here we are again with 300 days to go. Um, and it looks like the IBC is in good shape. And um, we're, we're thrilled about it. I mean, I, they, you know, the Rio people have consistently met the challenges that have been presented to them. And as I said, on an event that uh, is so big and, and with so many different people, um, it, it, there, there's going to be something. And uh, if, if the IBC issue to this point is, is one of the ones we've had to face, that so be it. Um, it, 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 it looks to have been fixed and, and onward. That's NBC Olympics executive producer Jim Bell on his network's preparation for next year's Summer Olympics. Thanks go out to Jim. Be sure to check out ATR online and on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nick Devlin. Thanks for listening.